Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. To beat the man, you gotta beat the man. The two-one swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green run. This is the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers. We are here in Tampa, Florida, on a wet week. We've had a Big, nice tropical storm rolling through the Gulf of Mexico, heading up to Pensacola and that whole panhandle area and New Orleans and all that stuff. So I know I've got a couple friends that live in the Pensacola panhandle area. My man, Captain Shady and company. (laughs) (laughs) And that voice you hear is our is our uh, the venerable Michael Banks, my SEC insider from up in Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome, Michael, to, to the podcast again. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, we the uh, coast of Alabama got slammed today. It doesn't look like we might we will be making our annual jaunt to Orange Beach next month because there's not much of it left right now. So, and the weird thing about this storm was it kind of was slow moving, so it's just rain, rain, rain. Yep. I mean, I know Pensacola. My buddy, the captain or commissioner of one of my fantasy football leagues, Captain Shady. He lives in Pensacola, and he he was he reported in just lots and lots of rain, and you know, like twenty inches of rain, kind of rain. I mean, not not, not four or five. Did you guys get a, Did you guys get some day a deluge up there yet? No, actually, it kind of uh, it went towards Montgomery and and uh, was or you know heading up towards us and kind of took a turn at Montgomery and and we got you know the outskirts of it. It's just kind of been a rainy afternoon, but we haven't got nearly as much as they thought we were going to and. Uh, we were expecting four to seven inches, and uh, I think I don't even think we've got an inch today. So, yeah, we got a bunch of rain over the weekend as a storm was approaching New Orleans and Pensacola and all that. So we got most of our rain was all then. So I hope to, hope everybody in that part of the country is staying safe. And if you're listening, hopefully we can provide a little entertainment for you as you get through the storm and you get hopefully again. Hopefully there's not, not I know I know there's going to be issues with flooding and damage and all that stuff, but hopefully. If you're listening and you're up in that area, get a little uh, entertainment, a little uh, information. We are going to talk tonight, this week, we're going to talk college football. We have some kind of some breaking news about the new new, new new members of the party getting ready to start playing again. we got college football news. We're going to talk week one NFL. We're going to talk week two NFL. We're going to talk a little fantasy talk. We're going to talk a little NBA uh, playoffs. We're getting to the nitty-gritty of the NBA playoffs now. And uh, so, so let's get to it, Mike. Let's let's start with some college football breaking news today. The Big Ten has re-voted, re-declared that they are back in the football business for 2020. They had originally back in August said we're not playing COVID. We're not playing. The university presidents all voted allegedly. Then they didn't vote. Then they did vote. And finally, they voted. So uh, they decided they weren't playing. Lots of pressure from both economic pressure, probably political pressures from their constituents in those states to those governors and those presidents and universities. 
And all of a sudden, we now have Big Ten football slated to get going late October. I think the 24th is what they were talking about, potentially. So, Mike, your thoughts on the Big Ten getting back in the mix? Yeah, thanks to our reporter, Scott Frost, for dropping that little dime uh, over the hot mic yesterday. But uh, I'm not surprised there was all that pressure, like you said. Uh, Now the Pac-12, it looks like they might be getting back uh, going as well. You essentially you're going to have all five conferences without the uh, without as much as the of the travel as what was initially obviously scheduled before all of this. But uh, um, you know, I, I kind of I think we talked about this last time. I think that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 kind of jumped the gun on it and did not let um, kind of things play out to see how they would be uh, like kind of like what the SEC did and the Big Twelve, the ACC. And, um, you know, they obviously took a huge uh, hit in, in, the, in the public eye for it. And, uh, you know, you had the Nebraska players with the lawsuit. and Ohio um, State people were Ohio going State nuts. people going nuts. And, and you know, everybody. Michigan going people, Penn State. So, I, I mean, again, I, I still, how is this going to affect the, the CFP? How is this, you know, how is this all going to work is all I would like to know. How do you. How do you come up with four teams when you don't have, you know, that that strength of schedule or strength of conference schedule uh, to really go by? So well, I, from I don't what know I, how from, it's going to play out the national picture, but it, you know, uh, for those for those players, except for one that I dislike, uh, I'm glad that they're getting to play. <laughs> Who was that one? Uh, he plays quarterback. I used to play in the SEC. He's up in the Big Ten now. Not, Just, not is, that, too, was, is that one Justin Fields? Yeah, not too thrilled with the way that uh, the way that he he uh, weaseled his way into playing last year. But we're not going to get into that. And that man was getting some. That man was getting some disparaging comments made about uh, him. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Sure. He was. That's why he wanted to come home right afterwards. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. <go ahead. laughs> well, it sounds like the Big Ten is going to try to play. Either eight games in nine, you know, seven games in nine weeks, or eight week, eight games in ten weeks. So it sounds like they're still, you know, they're slated to still be able to finish. Like December nineteenth is kind of the the day before the CFP is supposed to make their playoff picks. Um, they could potentially play a seven or eight game season, which will be in pretty much in line with most every other conference. Obviously, there's no guarantee that all these conferences are going to get to play all their full slate of games, depending on what happens with COVID and flare-ups and all that stuff but it's it's kind of made to be made to sound like that if they got they got a seven game season in that they're going to be part of the mix as far as consideration for the CFP so um you know that it's a decision I think they had to make I mean I, one thing with the big Pac-12 is the Pac-12 is having all kind of issues with these wildfires and all that stuff and they in right. a couple of the states have still not authorized these these universities to start playing again. I think California and Oregon and Oregon and maybe Washington have not authorized their schools that they can actually still play, can play yet. So I don't know if the PAC 12 is going to have enough time to make it. Uh, We'll see here in the next, you'll probably know about the PAC 12 within the next week, probably this time next week will probably be, uh, it's probably at the latest is when you'll hear from the PAC 12 one way or another. Uh, I I, I think you made a good point though. Right now, that's the least of the West Coast problems is worrying about playing football. I mean, you know, thousands of homes are being destroyed. People are are, are 
being evacuated. I mean, it it's and bad. The air, and the air quality is horrific yeah. out there. I mean, yeah, with all the, already, well, I mean, they they canceled a game in Seattle. <laughs> baseball. And for baseball, right. you know, most everybody thinks it's all in California, but this is all up and down the West Coast. So oh, yeah. that affects pretty much every school, but what, Arizona and Utah? Col- right, in Colorado. <laughs> Colorado. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 10, probably what, eight, 10 schools that are being affected by this. Yes, That's absolutely. Not, not, not on their radar right now. And I don't blame them for not worrying about it right now. They got to worry about, uh, right. like you said, the air quality is horrible right now. I mean, so, they, they've shown some sh- some shots from San Francisco in the middle of the afternoon. It looks like it's freaking middle of the night. It's right. That's what uh, we were just talking about uh, with Lars Ulrich from uh, Metallica on Howard Stern the other day. And he said, middle of the day, it was dark. And it wasn't like it was like overcast and rainy. Yeah, it was like pitch black <laughs> in the middle of the day and right. 90 plus degrees in San Francisco in September, which doesn't right. happen. So right. there's a lot of bad stuff going on up there out there like i said the big tens back that's again they're gonna they're gonna start playing late october sec starts next weekend the weekend of the 26th so i know you got i know you up there you're getting very excited who does bama got week one missouri at missouri then they come home uh or home openers uh, against texas a&m right after that i literally just saw on the on the uh on the on the espn ticker before we started the podcast that 12 guys from missouri aren't going to play next week uh, already that they've not disclosed why, but obviously you can pretty much figure out probably why. Yeah. So they're they're already missing going to be missing down twelve guys next week against Alabama week one. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's more that's an all hands on deck game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, but yeah, I mean there'll be some. I mean you'll see again. Obviously you'll see, next week you'll see matchups galore. ESPN, CBS, and all that stuff as far as the SEC goes. Um, this week you've got some. I mean, you've got some ACC games this week. You got a couple of Big Twelve games. Uh, my team down here, the University of South Florida, they're going to Notre Dame this week. Yep. The schedules are. It's not been a. It's not a great schedule this week by any means in the on the college circuit. I mean, there's a couple decent games. There's no heavyweight matchups yet as far as uh, Clemson playing anybody good. But uh, you know, you got like I said, you got a couple of conference games in the Big Twelve and the ACC. Um, let's talk. Let's talk, Mike. Last week, college football, three kind of I won't say huge upsets, but three upsets right off the bat. Iowa State gets beat at home. Kansas State gets beat at home, and Florida State loses to Georgia Tech at home. Um, I watched most of the Florida State game. Mike Norvell, first year at Florida State, they just aren't very good. I mean, they just don't have. I mean, they just don't have very many players. To be honest with you, um, Willie Taggart. I mean. I don't know if it's a coaching issue, recruiting issue, or both, but they're just they just weren't very good um, from what I saw. Uh, you know, Florida State, you're used to hearing impact players, receivers, quarterbacks, defensive ends. They just don't. Have, I mean, they've got one or two guys that are that you would consider good players, but there was nobody that was a guy that you said, "Hey, that's a guy you have to block. That's a guy you have to cover." Um, Georgia Tech came back and beat them in Tallahassee. There were some fans there. I mean, it was it was Florida State, just a bad loss for Florida State in the Mike Norvell era getting going. Kansas I mean, State can't go ahead, Mike. At least in you know with Florida State, even in the last few years where they've been really bad, you still had the players like uh, Cam Akers and right uh, the guys. Um, what's his face? Defensive back from San that plays with San Diego now. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank, but. Um, 
Oh, Jalen no. Ramsey was there three, four years yeah, ago. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you had you had guys, you know, whether or not they were winning national championships, obviously they weren't, but at least you had guys that were going to the pros. And like you said, guys that you, hey, I got to cover this guy. This guy can beat us. You don't have, they don't have any talent right I now. I can't tell, I, I couldn't name. Really rare for I can't, I, yeah, I, I can't name. I don't think there's, there might be one. I can't name a, an NFL receiver that's from Florida State, like in the last four or five years. No, no. I mean, a receiver. I mean, I can't. I mean, their offensive line has been really bad. But I mean, I can't even name. I mean, usually they always have. I mean, when they were when they were great, great receivers, great running backs. You know, defensive Still linemen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, deep at least one big time DB every year. I mean, they they ain't got none of that. I mean, it's other than Jalen Ramsey, the last four or five years, I can't think of. I can't think of. I can't think of anybody else at Florida State wise. Uh. No, the um, and Cam Akers obviously this year, but I mean, no, I'm, I'm talking uh, the uh, the defense, the safety. Um, why can't I think of his name? Um, guy that plays all over the place for for he plays for the Chargers now. Darwin James, yeah, Darwin okay. James. Okay. yeah, okay, that, right. But but yeah. that's the, that's but like you said, other than the, that's that's the one I was thinking. I don't know why I could right. think of his name. I mean, and obviously he was he's a special talent, but. Yeah, most, but one a, basically one a year. I mean, as yeah, opposed to years past when it was five or six a year. Right. <laughs> I mean, they they kind of remind me of what happened after you know Miami in the heyday, where the U is always pumping out players, and then you went through that kind of dead period for a while. But even even still, they yep. still putting out a player or two here and there. But it, that's kind of what they remind me of right now. Um, is kind of what what the Hurricanes kind of turned into. Yep. Then you had then you had Louisiana Lafayette going up to Iowa State and winning, and then you had Arkansas State going to Kansas State, and that's not a huge upset, but not, probably the Iowa State game is an upset. I think most, I mean, Iowa State was ranked preseason, had a really good quarterback coming back. I mean, and Matt Campbell's a really good coach at Iowa State. That was kind of an upset, and the kind of the crux of that game was special teams. They had two punt returns, I think, for touchdowns. I mean. How these teams are preparing? That what's going to be interesting next week, especially when you get the big conferences back. How much have these teams been hitting at practice? How much have they been going live at practice as opposed to just kind of thudding and all that stuff? How these teams practice is going to be very indicative of how they perform early in the year. You remember the BYU-Navy game? The Navy coach basically came out after the game and after BYU beat them to death, like 51-3, to came out and said, we didn't hit one day at practice. Not one time did we hit another guy at practice for Navy. And uh, you know that's their you know that's their calling card over the years that they've been a physical team. They run that option, so you have to hit, you have to you know practice doing all that stuff when you run that kind of offense. And it'll be interesting to see what these different teams around the country have 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 done and uh, have not done. And, and and obviously special teams is an area that gets neglected a lot of times early in the year. So it'll be interesting to see how how these teams react and respond coming out of no uh, you know such a such a choppy off season. Yeah, and I think you saw a lot of that um, in the NFL for for in some in some regards, as far as just um, kind of some some teams kind of being out of sync, especially the ones with the young guys, the young quarterbacks, yeah. the young skill position players. You know, you saw it a lot in the Tampa game with Brady and Evans not really being on the same page a lot. You know, they, these guys have not. I, I think it was uh, Collinsworth or some somebody made a great point. Look, 
not only did they not have preseason games, they didn't even have scrimmages, inter, you know, inter-squad scrimmages and things of that nature. And right. they barely hit. They barely were in pads. And it's hard to get on the same page. You can practice all day long, but until you do it in game, in game speed, it's just not the same. And so right. I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I think uh, uh, Troy Eggman made a great point. You know, I know we're kind of jumping – I'm jumping ahead here, but – Wait, as the year goes on, you know, these teams that have the talent that it'll, it'll even itself out, but, but yeah, the, not having the, uh, not having the typical off season, you know, up leading up to a, a normal off uh, college football or football season in general is, has really affected a lot of teams. Like I said, I know most colleges, most college programs have at least two scrimmages, two yeah. to three scrimmages before the regular season starts. And usually those are pretty, Full contact. I mean, I'm not, they don't hit everybody. They don't hit the quarterback, but typically everybody else is hitting, and it's pretty. It's a pretty aggressive, you know, evaluation of, of what you got. And, and you know, I know some of these teams and some of these states where the restrictions are, where they're being, you know, told, "Hey, we want to try to be as as cautious as we can relative to distancing and all that stuff." It'll just be interesting to see next week when the when the big boys come back playing, when SEC teams come back playing, when the full ACC schedule gets going. Which of these teams? You'll be and you'll be able to see probably pretty quick of which of these teams were pretty aggressive in training camp as opposed to a little more passive when it came to the, how much they were hitting or not hitting. Well, and so. and let's let's be honest too, <clears throat> the majority. I mean, the ACC's got one team that's really you know worth looking at. The Big Twelve's got a team or two, but the majority of the 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 powerhouses right now are not haven't even played yet. I mean, Clemson played, Oklahoma played. That's that's pretty Texas, much, yeah, you know, Texas, but. But you know the the big boys have really you know the the other big boys I guess you could say yeah. the big the big programs have not really played yet so we haven't there there's still a lot of it's weird to say this in middle of September there's still a lot of football left but you know we got a whole season in, in a couple of conferences still left and right haven't even started so there is a lot left yep and then obviously with the the Big Ten coming on board you got Ohio State you got uh, you know Michigan you got Michigan's you know maybe not Michigan State this year but you know Ohio State and Michigan are the two kind of heavyweights out of there and Wisconsin they'll be always you know they're always good and all that stuff so and Nebraska, right. Nebraska better be good for all the yeah, right. all that they've wanted to do for you yeah, you threaten lawsuits you better you better be able to back it up our boy Scotty Frost Scotty Frost <laughs> better get it done in Lincoln this year or he's gonna have some questions to answer for some people yeah. to some people for sure but uh, all right let's head to the NFL Let's do a little recap of week one, and then we'll, we'll get into week two. We'll make some predictions. We'll, do some, we'll give you some fantasy tidbits and that kind of stuff. So let's, 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 let's transition to the National Football League. Week one, first thing I want to talk about, coaching. There were some glaring coaching issues this last week in the, in the NFL. I'm going to start with the two I'm going to highlight. My man, Mikey McCarthy in the, with the Dallas Cowboys, down 20-17, to 17, fourth quarter, Fourth and three on like the eleven yard line, fourteen yeah eleven no eleven yard line. He decides down three points on the road in Los Angeles with a great to, kicker. Yeah, with zero. I mean, yeah, I mean a chip shot field goal to tie the game. Goes for it fourth and three and doesn't make it. They, I mean, they Dak and I'll and I'll blame Dak for a little bit of this. Throws a two yard pass on fourth and three to C.D. Lamb who gets tackled at, at two yards a yard short of the first down. Don't make it. They don't end up scoring. They don't score again. There was a controversial, you know, push off, no push off at the end of the game with Gallup and Jalen Ramsey. Questionable. 
you could you could argue it both ways, honestly. I mean, more times than not, they probably let that go. But you could, as an I'll, I'll be objective as an official. You could you can argue that he put I me mean, that he extended his arm, not all the way, but enough to create where he, where it allowed him to catch the ball. Um, that was the first thing. I couldn't believe that he went for it fourth and three. If it's fourth and one, different story. I totally can get it. But fourth and three with twelve minutes to go, and you're down three. You kick the field goal to tie the game. Absolutely. I mean, you, like we said, you got you got Legatron back there. I mean, if if you're kicking with with uh, you know Ryan Suckup, maybe not. Or if you're kicking with Goskowski on Monday night, got it. But Zerline can make that field goal. I mean, it, it, it's twenty eight yard field goal. You have to kick it if you're in that <laughs> league. You have you kick the field goal. I mean, it's it's indoors. It's twenty eight. I don't care. It's outdoors. I mean, you tie the game up. You tie the game up, and then you put your you yeah your defense had didn't play great, but. You give, but they were playing pretty good in the second half. They played fine, and I mean, Jared Goff doesn't. I mean, he showed that his decision making is still not that great by missing a wide open Cooper Cup. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, help not no help at all. But I mean, put put him back out. Yeah, kick the I, I field mean, goal. Simple. Yeah, kick the field goal. It's a very simple. And you thing. and you can't use the the the, the argument. All these co- well, the analytics say to go for it on fourth and three. Blah blah blah. Nothing you kick that. the not, not you stuff. kick the field goal in that situation. You yeah. kick the field goal because you're now, at least you, guaranteed at least one more. Possession. The game's tied. The game's tied, and you yeah. yeah. There's 12 minutes left in the game. It's not like there's yeah. I mean, yes, you're guaranteed another possession, maybe two. I mean, there's no doubt in your – I mean, if you're at the 30-yard line and it's fourth and three, got no problem if you go for it. I can You can justify because Zerline did miss a field goal earlier in the game from, from long range. So again, if, you, if you're on the 30 and you do that, nobody's going to probably question that very much. Not on the 11-yard line, fourth and three. This is after there was third and six and they ran a draw play to get mm-hmm. to fourth and three. Yeah. It wasn't like they threw the ball on third and six and gained three yards. They ran a draw play on, on – third and six, which is even more, a little bit even more of a suspect call in in that, in that regard. So, uh, all right, let's go to, let's go to Denver Monday night. Vic Fangio doesn't use timeouts. Again, you, you referenced Goskowski was having a nightmare of a night kicking the ball. They're up, uh, what is it? 14 to 13 Tennessee's driving minute and a half to go Denver. I mean, Tennessee's got the ball in about the Denver 20 first down carry. They don't use a timeout. Panjo lets the clock go all the way down, basically to 25 seconds, till fourth down. Uses a timeout at fourth down. Goskowski kicks 25-yard field goal. Denver loses 16-14. How you don't play both sides there and you use your timeouts is beyond me. When there's a minute 30 left in the game. Well, and I, I'll be honest with you, I did not. I, I couldn't. I couldn't stay awake for it. I fell asleep about six minutes left in the game. Yep. And when I woke up, I, I I went back and watched it and and heard and read about it the next morning too. I, I it almost it seemed to me like they just were daring Guskowski to to put him or put him out there. That's it was like go which ahead. is fine, which is fine, but you still have to use your timeouts. Yeah. So when he still, does make because either way, if he misses the kick, you win the game, and if he makes the kick, you at least have forty seconds to go kick a field goal of your own at right. home and altitude, and you have a good kicker in McManus. And you got McManus. Yeah. I, I mean, I he's not. Yeah, you have to play both sides there. You have to say we're gonna. We hope he misses, and we think he's having a bad night. But we, in case he makes it, we have to. We have to at least leave ourselves time to to move the ball. Yeah, and, I mean, and it just it just it just blows my mind that these some of these guys, these coaching decisions, some of these guys make as far as time management. 
you know, we talked about this before. We, we, this is not the first time we talked about time management on the, on this podcast. It, it, it is baffling to me that these coaches make these decisions. Sometimes you have a staff of people that I know have to be in your ear, at least telling you what the situation is. Hey coach, let's hey, think coach. about time out here. Hey coach. Yeah. We got a timeout. And if you, if you are, if they're telling you, and that means, that means you're probably ignoring it or saying, I got this or whatever you're saying, but right. you don't got it. Right. You're not doing what, I mean, and I know it's easy for us. We're, we're not in the situation. We're not on that field. It is easy to, to sit back and watch it, but that is what you have other people for. That is what you delegate. And, that's why you're the head coach. You are the head coach to manage the game. Not as much X's and O's anymore as the head coach. Right. You've got coordinators to do that stuff. Your job he's, is to manage the game strategically. Yeah. That's why and you some see of these, so many coaches giving up the play calling so that they can worry about the stuff that's important and the decision-making that comes with it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the part where you, you get some of these long, long-time coordinators that have never been head coaches – and they get a shot, and they really struggle in the time management because they're so used to just being X's and O's calling plays that they've not either they've not spent enough time on it, they're not you know creative enough with the clock to be able to manage it enough. Whatever it is, this is what differentiates the good coaches from the great coaches or the bad coaches is how you manage these situations late in halves, late in games. And you know we talk about it all the time. I, I've talked about it with Sean Payton before. I know I've, I've mentioned it. Uh, not only do they do they make the poor decisions, but their their ego and the arrogance comes into play a lot. I mean, Sean Payton is is probably I, I don't know why Michael Thomas is in that game uh, on first and goal. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, why Michael Thomas is in that game? But you know what? I know that. And now you're suffering the consequence. It, it's the arrogance of some of these coaches, and 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 if you look and look why they were even, ones, why they weren't just kneeling down instead of trying to run the ball and score trying to score a touchdown here I mean, trying I mean, to shove it up the bucks keister yeah, all you had to I do mean, was kneel it down 3 times and it was done and you've got and you've got your stud wide receiver next week instead of out for several weeks but the the whole thing the, the point i'm making though is you look at the coach that's won all the super bowls the, he didn't get cute at the end of the game he makes the right decisions we're talking about belichick obviously he doesn't get cute he, in fact, he 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 uh, like he did with the Jets game last year. I mean, like he tries to exploit. Now he got it turned around on him by the Titans later on. But he, if it's if if a situation says, hey, if I run the ball here, they got to use a timeout. He's gonna run the ball. Period. Right. Not gonna try to. I mean, he got he got away with it in the Super Bowl against Seattle when he didn't call his timeouts, and he would have got roasted till the cows came home if, if Wilson doesn't right. throw that interception. So he got he got lucky because he got away with it. That was a bad decision, but he got away with it. But you're right. He always knows he knows the rules. He knows how to manipulate the clock. He knows how to manipulate the possessions at end of halves, start of the, you know. He's yeah. he, they are they are notorious from for scoring at the end of the first half and getting the ball in the start in the second half and scoring again, a double, double kind of deal. They talk yeah. about and the that, double possession. So and that's what separates the great, like you said, from the good, from the bad, from the ones that are, that are going to be fired next year from the Adam Gases. That's right. Even worse than that. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it, it is like, I agree with you. The, the whole coordinator thing, it is very, it is a completely different animal to call a game and make decisions than it is to call a game. X's and O's. Two X's different. and O's. Yep. 
Absolutely. All right, let's get to let's get this uh the next topic. Special teams kicking woes. Again, I you know, you guys know me. I'm a former kicker. I I take kicking very seriously in the special teams area. It just kills me that these teams are so poor in these in the kicking game. Goskowski had a horrific day, which I don't I, I think he'll be fine. It's just he missed four kicks. Bullock misses a 25-yarder for the Bengals to win the game, to tie the game. Zerline had a miss. Rodrigo Blankenship for the Colts hit one off the upright. They lose by th- uh, they lose by three. Your boy pra- your boy Prater missed a kick. I think in, in the game Sunday, the Bucks had a block field goal where the offensive line got blown up. Had a kickoff issue where they mishandled a kickoff on a pooch kick. I mean, the special teams, especially again in this truncated training camp, is is the most is a glaring weakness on the again the teams that are good don't have these issues, and the teams that struggle or are mediocre ha- t- keep having issues in the kicking game. And, again, I've told you this for years, Mike. I, it blows my mind that every team in the league does not have a kicking coach, a guy who just works with the punters and the kickers day-to-day. And guess guess what team has has a kick? I'm going to name you one team who, who has who, who's notoriously the best kicking team in the league every year. New England Patriots. And who, another one. Oh, down the uh, down the road, down the East Coast, uh, your boy Mister Harbaugh, right? Yeah, yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, they got a kicking coach. They got a guy that works with the kickers and punters every day. That's his job. He's hired to be the kicking coach, not the special teams coach, the kicking coach. And why these teams won't spend a hundred grand a year or one hundred fifty grand a year on somebody to coach their kickers day to day? Because that's what they need, just like every other position needs a coach. How much blows would you do my for, mind? How much would you do it for a year? <laughs> I, I I'd make them pay me a hundred because they're still they're still getting a hell of a deal for a hundred grand, but it just that's it what, just kills me to think that's what that I'm these saying, coaching though. staff have so many. I'm just saying, quality quality control coaches. Man, that's what I'm saying. You you somebody offered you one hundred fifty thousand dollars to go coach kick to, to coach kickers for. <laughs> For a 16 game season, you can, I mean, you could take that in a heartbeat. There's plenty of kick, kicking coaches out there. And, there. and again, you have to have somebody who knows what they're doing, granted, but I mean, there are plenty of us out here that know what we're doing. And it, it, the, 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 it's so glaring. It's easy to see on TV when these guys miss kicks. It's not like, I mean, you're on a, you're on, you're on, we're on the, a text chain, and every time we we see missed kicks at the sports bar, I send something to the whole group. I mean, it's it's easy. Yeah. It's not that hard to see Turn why these guys miss kicks. Turn those hips. I mean, it, and again, it's just like every other position, man. If your technique is bad and your feet are bad, you're going to miss kicks or punt the ball bad. It's it's and it just blows my mind that these these franchises, these head coaches, back to the head coaches, the great ones appreciate the quality and the skill of that position. And have somebody to coach it. Whereas the mediocre guys, oh man, he knows what he's doing. We don't need that. We'll just cut him and get somebody else. Well, that's why the Bucks have gone through kicker after kicker. That's why a lot of these franchises have just that's, gone through kicker after kicker. Say, that's why most of the league has gone through kicker after kicker. Let me ask you something as a kicker. I, I know you. we just mentioned Goskowski a few times. You said you think he'll be all right. Do you think it was in his head after the after the second one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously a guy like him. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets to you. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you miss two or three kicks, especially the way he missed them. I mean, his feet were bad Monday night. I mean, I was watching him. I mean, I mean, his footwork was not very good and his swing was bad. 
Oh, sure. I mean, after the second or third one, there's no doubt about it. You, you saw his reaction the moment he kicked, like, the second or third one. He just yeah. threw his hands down to the ground. I yeah. mean, sure, it gets in your head. I don't care who you are. Like right. last year with Vinatieri. Vinatieri yeah. had his struggles. It gets uh, – sure, I mean, it gets to you, but but fundamentally you have to be sound. I don't care how many years you've been in the league. If you're sound fundamentally, you're going to get yourself out of that funk. And I, I bet you'll, you'll see Goskowski, a guy like him, who's been around 13, 14 years, He'll figure it out, but a well, lot know, of these guys just all the most of these special teams coaches and a lot of these guys think I just want the guy with the strongest leg and kick it out of the end zone. These kickoffs, I don't. I, you know, I want a guy that can make the fifty-five yard field goal. Well, no, you need to have the guy that can make the forty-five yard field goal and the forty-yard field goal all day long. That's what you really need. Well, if he can kick know, one fifty-five yards once, twice a year, great. But I want the guy that can make the forty-eight yarder nine out of ten times. And the guy that's gonna that gonna put home make all the extra points, the twenty, yeah, all the extra points and the thirty-five yarder, because I have no like that, like like with Justin Tucker, Harbaugh never never questions sending the field goal unit out when they're inside the thirty ever. He yes, knows never. it's automatic. <laughs> like you know, I mean, the guys miss what one kick inside the thirty in the last two years. I mean, right. I, I mean, the other thing about having a coach, you know. Working on work the the kicking game and the way that a kicker kicks the ball is no different than what a pitcher does when he repeats his delivery. It's the same type right. of thing. And yet you have a pitching right. coach to work on the delivery of these guys because you're paying them. But that's the difference. You're paying pitchers in Major League Baseball, you know, two hundred million dollars, ten fifty, yeah, right. But when you only pay a kicker eight hundred thousand dollars on some of these right. minimum, right. they're like, well, why are we going to put the money? But you're going to put the money for it because you want to win football games. That's why. <laughs> because three, three, three to four games a year is going to come down to a made kick or a missed kick yep. every year, every team, yep. every year. And, uh, you know, again, it just blows my mind that these, these franchises just will not invest well, at, in that and invest in that. Did you see the, the stat from the Dallas game? It was like the Cowboys were one and six in, in uh, one possession games last year, one and yep. six. Now remember the the problems they had with kicking all year long. Yep. They had issues with kicking. One and six. The team finished eight and eight. That means right. in non in games that weren't one possession, the team they were two and or uh, eight, seven and seven and two, seven and two, in games that weren't one possession. Yep. You win just half of those one and six games, and they're in the two playoffs. of them. If you make if you win two of them, two, two more than you won. You're yeah, ten because- six. They they only finished behind the Eagles by one game. So yeah, right. you win two of those games, you're in the playoffs. I mean, it just it just it, it just kills me. I, I just I don't get it. I I'll, it just I don't understand it. I don't understand why these what you know these these billion dollar franchises won't spend hundred even if it's a part time guy, even if it's somebody that comes three days a week and then comes to game day. Because again, yeah. you're not kicking the ball every single day in practice, but for you not to have somebody on campus three days a week. You know, plus the game day, it just it just for for sixteen weeks blows my mind that you won't spend whatever it is, hundred grand, hundred fifty grand for somebody to do that. It just it, but you'll have three strength coaches. We'll have we'll have offensive quality control. We'll have all this. Uh, you know, just again, I'll, I can talk all day about this, but I won't. So, all right. So again, missed special teams errors. Again, big big decision uh, de- uh, deciders in some of these games. All right, let's go down these real quick. Your boy Detroit, your, your your lines with the meltdown, twenty three six lead. Your quick thoughts. It's what they do best, man. I mean, I've been saying it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's 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 just another 
I, I, I really don't even have any thoughts. I, I mean, it just absolutely leaves me speechless at this point. This this franchise, I, I don't know what I don't know what it is. I don't know. Mitchie, Mitchie with three scores in the fourth quarter. Not only Mitchie. that, not only that, you bring in a guy like Jamie Collins, who 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 is is supposed to be the veteran, supposed to be the leader, gets ejected for hitting an bumping an official. Like, yeah, just it it doesn't. You can bring – I swear you could bring in Belichick and Brady and you could bring it all in the stars, but they <laughs> still find a way to lose it. It's something no, it's, about – It's, it's great. I don't know what it – yeah. All right, I mean, let's go to what, – what, let's – let's, let's, yeah, your lines, man. I felt, I felt bad for your lines. And then your boy De- – then your boy Stafford puts it right on the money for DeAndre Swift to right, win the game. Right in And just hands. donut arms. Donut yeah. arms, man. I mean <laughs> – I mean, like a – I said, like I said on the text change, what we do best, man. We're losing. Find a way to lose a game since 1934. I'm telling you. Oh my god! I mean, it it is absolutely. It's not even. I don't even text my dad when they lose like that anymore because I I, my dad lives in Michigan. For those of you don't know, and big Lions fan, and we just don't even text about it anymore (laughs) because it's just got to the point where it's just depressing. It's like I mean, I don't feel like talking about it. Yeah, Green Bay offense on fire against the Vikings. A A Rod. Had an unbelievable played great Sunday. They torched the Vikings. Very impressed with Rodgers and the Vikings offense with the creativity. He looks like he's very motivated to play this year. Obviously, with the with the Jordan Love uh, drafting of, um, you know, they got crushed. The, the organization got crushed because they didn't draft any more wide receivers and all that. But give them credit; they played really well on the road in Minnesota, and he torched the Vikings for for four touchdowns. In a losing effort for Pewter as as Pewter's starting quarterback in a losing effort, but he A Rod was fantastic. Don't piss that guy off, man. I'm telling you, you make that guy mad. He he's no more no more Danica in the mix. Is the Coochie Mun coming back? Who knows? <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's a single man on the loose now in Green Bay. You never know what he's got going on on the side over there. But no, he I mean he played great. I mean he he played great Sunday. No doubt he that was vintage Aaron Rodgers, man. Yep. And I know, uh, so, whew. all right, Cam and the Patriots, the new look pads. We had a run, run, run fest with McDaniels kind of running that Tebow offense back when he was in Denver. Cam, 15 carries, very efficient throwing the ball. They weren't great on offense, and they're not going to be great, but he got the job done, good defense. Uh, my, my only concern is can Cam withhold the pounding of you if you're running the ball 10, 15 times a game, is his body going to hold up doing that over 16 weeks? I don't see how it can. I mean, the guy's had nothing but injury problems for the last, what, four years? Shoulder problems. Foot. Shoulder is very vital when you're throwing the football. You're right. going to run the ball. You're going to run into these defenders. And you're playing the Dolphins who, you know, let's face it, they're still kind of in a rebuilding mode. Uh, you're going to play a lot tougher teams. And when you play a Baltimore, you play a Pittsburgh, it's not going to be um, – Run, run, run! You're gonna you're gonna get pounded. So I don't I don't see how it's, it it lasts. I know that's kind of a, to me that was a week one overreaction was was how good the Patriots were without Brady and Cam one and Brady zero and like let's call them and they were and even even though they won the game that game was close for three yes. you know three plus quarters that was a three you know, set three to seven point game. I, I will Patrick didn't play very well and all that and they were still only they were only you know up by you know three to seven points most of the game. I will say this. Obviously, I do. I'm not the biggest scam fan, but I will say this. I am. I was more impressed with the Patriots' defense, especially yep. considering how many players they lost 
that opted Ooh, out. And right. You're talking about superstars like Chung and Hightower yep. all opting out, and they look pretty good. I mean, I know they it's did. the Dolphins, but they still look pretty good. Yep, no doubt about it, no doubt. All right, for all of you Survivor Pool players, a lot of scuds in your keister last week with the with the uh, Redskins winning and Jacksonville beating the Colts. Jeez. And all you Survivor Poolers, I mean, I I had I had some Survivor picks on Indianapolis. I had one on Philadelphia. Philadelphia up seventeen nothing in DC, and Carson Wentz just has a full meltdown uh, up after up seventeen nothing. And that was the one game that was not on in my sports bar was the Jacksonville Indy game. So I didn't watch one play of that game. Yeah. But obviously I was following the score. And, you know, our guy, P. Riv, he played okay. And sounds like T.Y. Hilton had a couple huge drops late in that game. And Minshew Mania looks like it's trying to run wild and keep Trevor Lawrence from coming to Jacksonville next year in week he's one. Try, he, he's playing motivated after uh, the Leonard Fournette comments. He's – he, he's yes, showing that, yes. he, that he had a quarterback all along. <laughs> yes. I mean, just – I don't see – obviously, I don't see the Jacksonville sustaining, nor do I see Washington. But give Washington credit. Emotional win with Rivera and Haskins. They played pretty good in the second half. And that def, that defense for Washington is pretty good. That front, defense, that front four is – the front four is devastating. They got a great front four, and the defense yeah. is pretty good in Washington. Defense is going to keep them in more games than not. And yep. – the yep. offense, if they can, I, I, you know, Haskins is obviously. I don't think is is going to be a great quarterback. In great, the he's. But if he can be they, okay, if they can score twenty points. If they can score twenty, they got a shot to be eight and eight. Yeah, I mean, you you, you got to. They got three running backs. They didn't even play Bryce Love. He did. He didn't even suit up. You got a couple good receivers. Uh, I mean, the offense isn't great, like you said. I mean, I don't think you know. Uh, most of the Peyton Barber stuff came with them having the lead. You know. And, and the GLB. He, he is the yeah. GLB. He is the goal line back. Um, I think they'll get Gibson more involved, but um, but yeah, that defense is gonna keep them in games. That's that's for sure. They're gonna keep them in games. Yeah, like I said, and I can get again, give 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 uh, Haskins credit. He played he played well enough in the second half. Uh and he got and again, I was more disappointed in Wentz and how the Eagles played than I was the Redskins, but but give them credit; they won the game. They, you know, went through some couple bad interceptions, and they and they took advantage of it. Last thing we'll talk about: the is is it the demise of Baker Mayfield, or is it just too much turnover with coordinators and head coaches? Your thoughts? I mean, they just got lit up by Baltimore. They did not look good at all as an offense. Is it more of a Baker problem, or do you think it's more of a just transition from offense to offense to offense and coach to coach to coach? I think it's a combination of both. I don't. I think that Baker Mayfield is, as may. Uh, I think the hype was a little too much for him. You know, he had a decent rookie year when he came in, and you know they won that game on Monday night, and that, and then obviously they got all the the hype last year. Um, they they got great skill position players, but maybe they have too many. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Baltimore put them in their place big time. That was uh, that was an embarrassment for Cleveland, and now they're looking at. You know, having to go, having to face Cincinnati on Thursday night on a short week, uh, you could be staring at. Oh, there's some. Again. I heard some. I heard some rumblings today about potentially an, uh, an Odell Beckham trade rumor. Um, you know, it would not shock. It would not shock me if if they were to lose to Cincinnati this week. If somebody pulled the trigger with a long weekend ahead, if somebody pulled the trigger for for Odell Beckham, I don't know if that's the 49ers, a team like that that's really needing a wide receiver. But don't be surprised if this if this goes if this goes south in Cleveland, that Odell Beckham gets traded in the ne- in the first four weeks of the season. Because again, I, I know he's 
I'd be stunned if he goes to San Francisco. I don't think that that doesn't sound like a deal John Lynch would want to make. It just I, for some reason, I don't think. But I I do agree that a contender, I, a I, contender. I, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that Beckham could. I, I would not surprise me at all to see see him traded. I just don't even. I, and, I, and, I and again, you're you're right. Yep. Yeah. And maybe even uh, again, and that's what what's what's the one place that we would all think he'd never go to, but he'd probably be great. A place like New England. New England, yeah. I mean, New England needs a receiver. I mean, again, just don't be surprised if if things don't don't settle down in Cleveland that Beckham's out of there in, in a couple of weeks and he goes somewhere to again to a to winning organization a winning culture that that'll that'll get some that'll get something out of out of Beckham. I mean, especially if you lose to Cincinnati on Thursday night. And I think they're right. at home too, aren't they? I or think they? Cleveland is at home. Yep. Yeah. You lose so. at home. To, I know it's no, there's no crowd there, but still you lose to, to your cross down rival like that. Who started but, a rookie quarterback. And But yeah, back to, ba- back to Baker, man, he better get it figured out real quick or his, I mean, cause again, he, from where he was his rookie year to where he is now is, is not good. He Drop is, off. he is, he has dropped off multiple sp- steps in the process he just doesn't look like he can he's ac- he's not accurate anymore he moves around too much he thinks he's kyler murray and he thinks he's michael vick he ain't outrunning nobody he no. needs to throw the ball from the pocket throw it on the move when it's time to move but don't be thinking you're uh running around like this ain't oklahoma versus texas tech my man no. um this you're ain't not, uh you know yeah, you're not outrunning the defensive backs and line, or the linebackers in the NFL. You're not outrunning the defensive ends in the no. NFL no, for most not, guys. Not, not him, no. I mean, yeah, not him. So, uh, you know, again, big game for Cleveland tomorrow as we get into week two. All right, let's get some week two preview. Game. I got four games we're going to look at in week two. Games that are involving t- good teams that we all project to be good teams. Let's start with Atlanta and Dallas. Loser goes to 0-2. Atlanta got lit up last week by Russell Wilson. Obviously, Dallas came off their loss in L.A. last Sunday night. Games in Dallas. You know, quick thought on Atlanta-Dallas. I, uh, I think Atlanta's offense is is really good. I think they, they failed to capitalize on a couple of red zone possessions that really hurt them and really kept them out of the game. Their, and defense, a, is, their defense is their bad. Their defense man. is just terrible. But, you know, Dallas is hurt and banged up right now. Losing Van Der Esch is really going to hurt that team. Um, and... and so I wouldn't. It would. And they lost the tight end. And they lost Jarwin, who's a pretty yeah. decent tight end. He's not great, but he's pretty decent. I. It would not surprise me to see Atlanta win that game. It really wouldn't. I know Atlanta's defense is bad, but like I said, Dallas is as bad. I could see a, a forty-two high to scoring thirty-seven. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see a high scoring game. Last one that has the ball. I actually have Atlanta in that game. I really high, have. high, high. We're gonna go over I, the picks here. We're gonna go over picks here in the later, but. It looked like Gurley played pretty good last week. Again, I didn't watch much of that game, but it looked like Gurley was pretty effective from when he did play. Better than I expected, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, and then uh, obviously had Julio, and I think they had. I think Atlanta had three guys over a hundred yards receivers, three receivers over a hundred, which is hard, pretty damn hard to do. So you know, yeah. All right, Sunday night in Seattle, the Patriots come a calling. That'll be an interesting game. Cam Newton, Pete Carroll, uh, you know Russell. Belichick and Russell. Um, I like Seattle at home. I think I think they'll be able to move the ball on that on the Patriot defense. Very impressed with Seattle's offense. Metcalf. You got Carson out of the backfield. You got you know good receiver. Obviously Russell Wilson's a diff- major difference maker. I just don't know if 
New England on the road, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball a little bit better than they have. So I just I worry about them throwing the ball with Cam and, and the receivers are not great in New England. Your thoughts with Alan Chris on the call Sunday night? Well, first of all, I hope that the game can get played because you know yeah, Seattle. They're talking about that. Yeah, they are mentioning that that might be an issue. So, but I will say, you know, and, and the other thing is, this is not your typical uh, road game in Seattle because there's no crowd. Uh, although you you do have to fly across country, it is a tough trip. Uh, but I, I I agree, Russell Wilson. I'm telling you, man. Every time I watch, every year I watch this guy, he just he gets better and better, man. It's better and better. He's I've so, never I, I never thought I was going to say that about him. I've never loved him, man. He is un- he is unbelievable. And what he you know what he does, man. He doesn't miss when the guys open. He don't miss. No, no. And, and those long balls when the guy's got a yard on the on the DB, he drops it in the bucket, man. Nine out of ten times. He's the best deep ball, one of the best deep ball throwers yes. in the league. I, I tell, you, I mean, I watched the game. I had you know because that was an Atlanta game that was on here, and <clears throat> I, I, I mean, there there just plays that he makes. You know, he, he had a sidearm throw. He just it, in in the the moment's never too big for him, and he just always knows the right play you know you talk about baker trying to run around and do things that he shouldn't be doing russell knows when he needs to throw it and when he needs to run it and, and guess what and, russell never gets hit when he runs he slides no. or gets out of bounds he doesn't he, ever get lit just, up he's a great football player he's smart he is. He and he's is. just a great football player i mean i i agree with you for you know four or five years ago i'm like yeah i, I think that this will wear off but he has proven he, he just keeps proving me he proved me wrong several years in a row and then I think two or three years ago, I had him in fantasy and and what really watched him more than ever, and 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 every year now, I just have a bigger appreciation for him every year. He's just he's just a, he's, he's a great thrower of the ball too, man. Yeah, I mean he he's throws good. the ball accurately on time. I mean that's the part I never thought that he was going to be great at it was being on. You know, he's great at running around and making plays, but he when he has to from the pocket, he can. I mean, he can hit set five step drop, bam, throw that slant, throw that post. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's the part of the game that I'm just, and he's undersized at that. He's not six foot four. He's no. five foot 11 at best. Yeah. I mean, no, five, I mean, 10, five, 11 at best. And you talk about that. I mean, but I know that we're not, I'm not comparing him athletically, uh, Baker Mayfield to him, but that's the kind of game that he, that Baker yep. Mayfield, because Has of his play. size, he needs to model his game after is Russell right. Wilson. Right. That's what, that's what, that's who you should be studying. You know, the thing they talked about on the broadcast, one quick, one last thing is his preparation. They said, after that game, he will watch that game on the way home, and then he will watch it again before they ever even have another meeting. He will have watched the game that he just played in, even if twice. they won. He will have watched it twice and have already have a scouting report ready by the next day for the next game. And that that preparation, it's no different than kicking. It's no different than any other thing. The preparation and being able to prepare. And that's what sets those guys apart. That's what makes those guys great. I mean, that, yeah, I, I just have a I – have, I have Great appreciation for Russell Wilson. Go Hawks. Go Hawks every time, too. Every <laughs> time, win or lose, go That's Hawks. That's funny. Yep. It is funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to Indianapolis. The Vikings come a-calling to see uh, the both 0-1 against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Vikings got torched by Rodgers last week. The secondary got torched. Obviously, Indianapolis got upset by Jacksonville. I was very surprised how I thought their defense was going to be a little bit better. You know, big injury in, in uh, Indianapolis. Marlon Mack blows his Achilles out. Thanks a lot in both <laughs> leagues. Double, Thank double you. stinger. 
Double stinger to pewter. Double stinger, double drop ad moves uh, yesterday <laughs> or today, whatever it was. <laughs> bye bye, Marlin. We'll see you. We'll see you next year in another city, buddy, because you won't be back in Indianapolis. And I, and I feel bad because he's a USF guy. He's a bull guy from Tampa. Yeah, so he's, he's a USF bull. Yeah, can't stay healthy. He's been good when he's played. I mean, he's been really yeah. pretty solid when he's played. To be honest with you, but uh, be interesting to see how much they used. Uh, the, the obviously Jonathan Taylor's next in line in Indianapolis. Naheem Hines had a big game out of the backfield for the Colts last week. Rivers and and you know a guy to look out for from a fantasy perspective, Paris Campbell. Yep. yep. He had a good game last week. He's he's been a he big speed player, had a big career at Ohio State, was been injured the first year or so. He's been with the Colts. Look out for Paris, guy named Paris Campbell as your number two receiver in Indianapolis, opposite uh TY. You better can, you, can you catch the ball, Ty? Please, a couple times. And I think you'll see uh, Paris Campbell. If if you if people want to think back, think Tyrell, 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 Tyrell. He could be a he could be a Paris Paris run that's a, that's run right. Paris. I told that's you right. I'd throw you the ball from from P Riv. Yeah, that's right. I think the Paris run that. Be, I told you when I give you that signal, you run that post route, man. Yeah. Don't run the corner. When I give you the hand on the head, you run the you run the post route. That's right. Hey, honey, so, take care of our nine kids over there while I'm telling Ty while I'm telling Paris how to run the routes. Okay, nine still, kids. Are the kids still in Cali? While, I think they've moved. I think they've all moved. They've all moved to to Foster's, Indiana. Right yes, I, I think they are. Uh, I think they are hanging out in Broad Ripple. The the, Vi- <laughs> the Vipers almost made up made a move up there to to the Indy. To the indie area uh, once upon a time. No, okay. very, right. very nice area up there. It is a nice area. I like Indianapolis. I, I I went to school at Bloomington, an hour down the road, man. And yeah, IU man. for grad school. Indy the suburbs, cool. the suburbs and schools up there are really nice up there. Yeah, so. get you yeah. a uh, get you a KKK flag. <laughs> <laughs> get no, the membership in the mail. Yeah, the uh, no, I agree. <laughs> That's a big game though because the Vikings, like you said, got torched by. By Aaron and the Packers, and you know they're gonna they're gonna want to run the ball just like Mike Zimmer does. They're gonna want to play defense, um, but but if you're down big, you can't run Dalvin 25 times. You can't run him, yeah. So, and and I think that's where they're gonna really hurt. Uh, and, and the loss of Tay Diggs is really gonna gonna glare for the Vikings without that big other or that other good receiver opposite Thielen. He can't do it all, and they don't really have another guy. BC Johnson is is not the answer. Um, well, they got Jefferson from LSU. They okay. drafted in the first round. I don't know how much he played last week, but he <laughs> didn't. You know, Thielen was the big target, obviously, and you got Rudolph still a little bit. But you're right, having that second receiver takes the pressure off Cousins of yep. of not you know helps it helps helps him and and I and again. Can Cousins keep playing like he played last year? Who knows? That's going to be the question. But you better lean on Dalvin Cook. Who just yeah. got his new deal? All and, right, let, and, yep. and God go forbid ahead. if he God forbid if he goes down, the Vipers have Alexander Madison ready to go. So, <laughs> all right, last game we'll talk about is we're going to go Philadelphia and the Rams. The Rams come cross country to Philadelphia again. Wentz and company got beat last week in DC. You had the Rams win Sunday night. Uh, bit, huge game for the for the Eagles, in my opinion. I don't think you you you. Can, Granted, the, e- the NFC East is not going to be great this year. So you, you, you know, at worst, you're still only one game out, even if you lose. But I think it's a big game for the Rams. I think, I mean, for the Eagles, I'm, I'm sorry, and Carson Wentz. 
The offensive line was a disaster last week in, in D.C. You got another good defensive line coming to town with Donald and company. Wentz has got to play better, man. I mean, he he missed Deshaun Jackson on a couple deep balls that Deshaun had two steps on the guy, and he just missed them. I mean, those are the plays you got. You bring Deshaun Jackson back, you got to make those throws when he's open because he had some – He another member of Pewter Powers, by the way, Deshaun Jackson, wide open twice for touchdowns that he, that he just overthrew the guy. So – uh, running back situation sounds like Miles Sanders is going to play this week. Uh, my boy Goddard with a huge game last week. Zach Ertz with a huge drop last week against the Redskins on fourth down. He didn't get his contract extension they thought he should get. I think there's some there's some uh, hostility there. Not very happy with the organization they've not extended him. Your thoughts, Philadelphia and the Rams? Julie is not excited right now with the with the front office of the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I think that the writing is kind of on the wall right now with Goddard and, and the way that they're we're targeting him. Is, and, and the last couple of years, Ertz has kind of been, you know, I don't want to say forgotten. He's not been forgotten, but they don't they just don't go to him like they did two, three years ago. And, um, and, and I don't understand why, because God knows Wentz needs the help. I mean, they, they can't keep a receiver on the field. Miles Sanders doesn't play. You're, you're playing Corey Clement and Boston Scott. I mean, you got to have some weapons out there, and and especially with that with that line beat up, you got to have some tight ends. But uh, and they got yeah. two great tight ends. Both those they guys got, are above got, average. I, yeah, throw throw it. I mean, they threw to Goddard a lot. They did not throw to Ertz as much. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's a it's a big game. Uh, the Ram, you know, the Rams. I really don't know what to make of them because I, I just Dallas kind of. I, I, you know, should they have even won that game? That that game was kind of it wasn't that that great of a game to watch. But, uh, so yeah, the the Eagles need this game though. They can, you go down zero and two in that, and I mean, I know the division is not very tough. The NFC is, but the NFC is the NFC rugged. Is, the NFC is rugged. Rugged. Zero and two in the NFC is 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 tough. Yeah, you're not. I mean, all you're all they've got to worry about is Dallas, but uh, because the Giants and the Redskins aren't winning anything, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, but again, we talked about the Redskins. They could be, they could go eight and eight this year, and eight and eight might win that division like it did last year. So <laughs> you never know. All right, last thing we'll talk about a couple, some just the injury report, the big names that are hurting uh, going into week two. You got Mike Thomas ankle injury, probably not playing, not playing this week. Maybe out two to three weeks allegedly. Cortland Sutton shoulder issue in Denver. He's going to be iffy the next couple of weeks. Le'Veon Bell's on I on the three week IR list with a hamstring. Our boy Dick Sherman on IR with a calf issue for the Niners, who was another disappointing team last week, the Niners. Obviously, Marlon Mack, we talked about. The Dallas defense had some injuries. Van Der Esch, uh, Sean Lee's out. Uh, they lost McCoy earlier in the year. So, again, Dallas is going is struggling on defense as far as that goes. And then George Kittle is kind of going to be iffy this week with a knee sprain. So, some Galladay big names. Galladay. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about Galladay. Did he, did he, he didn't play last week, did he? He didn't play and and he, and he did not practice today. And also, yep. don't forget about your boy Chris Godwin in the concussion protocol. Patesh, yeah, I saw that. I, I was going to keep that under wrap. I, I'd heard that he didn't practice today. Um, but a couple fantasy names. If you if you're still looking for a guy on the wire, obviously you got Naheem Hines for the Colts. You got uh, Peyton Barber, kind of as a goal line guy in Washington. You got Peterson, who actually played pretty good for your Lions. Yeah. Yeah. He got a, he got a lot of carries. I mean, he he had like 15, 16 carries, for like ninety five yards. So I was impressed with how well he played. I'm going to need him, by the way. And then my boy Valdez Scantling 
in Green Bay as, a, as, a, as kind of the second receiver in Green Bay. So if you're looking for guys on the waiver wire, those are four and names to kind of look out for. Let me throw you additions. Out, let me throw you out one more. Russell Gage for the Falcons. He's the number three receiver for the Falcons. The Falcons are going to throw the ball all a, over the yard. A ton. 12 targets took caught nine for a buck 14 against the Seahawks. And, and I believe he averaged eight targets per game between weeks 12 and 17 last year, picked up right where he left off this year. He was kind of a sleeper at the beginning of the year. A lot of people forgot about uh, Russell Gage is a guy to watch out for in Atlanta because yep. they're going to throw looking. the ball. They are. The yep. Dirk Cutter doesn't like to run it. He's going to throw it a lot. And the third, with all the coverage that's going to Ridley and Julio, Gage will have one on one coverage virtually all the time. All right. Let's go some game picks. We're going to pick them all here. Philadelphia or the Rams minus one at Philadelphia. Your pick. Uh, I got the Eagles at home plus the points. I'll take the Eagles at home. I'm taking the Rams on that. Short, one. short week cross country trip. Give me the Eagles at home. I, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm looking. At, I, I pulled up my. I did have the Eagles. I'm sorry. I did have the Eagles. Okay. No, I was. Okay. I was. I, I was getting to my picks because I've got. I've already made them. I had the Eagles on that one. Okay. All right. Here we go. Carolina goes to Tampa. Payback weekend for Tampa. They're going to roll. This is your. This is your survive. This is your survivor pick of the week right here. Tampa Bay going to light up the Carolina defense. Oakland scored 34 on the road in Carolina. The Bucks will score at least 34. Uh, big, big win, home opener, Tom Brady, no fans. Oh, yeah. What's, what is it? Tampa Bay minus nine? Nine, minus yeah. nine. I'd even take Lay that. the nine, boys. Lay the nine, boys. Yeah. Like yes, this is going like, to be. Like I said at the beginning of the year of the show, Troy Aikman made that comment, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Once Brady gets on the same page with these receivers, these guys get some work in. Watch out. Don't be surprised. This team is going to be there at the in the playoffs. They're going to be there towards the end of the season. And the in the Buccaneer defense played really well against, defense against great, New Orleans. Man. They played defense really they aren't great, but they played really well against New Orleans. I, I even though they great. gave up thirty even though they gave up thirty four and it looked it looked like thirty four. It wasn't thirty four points. No, they played really well against that were, Saint D offense. They were, putting, they were putting some bad positions. They had the fumble. On the kickoff, yep. uh, you got you had an interception. The Brady out route, the Brady out route for a Brady touchdown. Exactly. No, I think yep. the defense looked great. I mean, compared to where they were a year, two years ago, I think they looked yes. great. Yeah. They, I mean, Carlton Davis basically shut down Mike Thomas. Yeah. Three catches for eighteen yards. Yep. I mean, they Bunny, they played really well. Bunny so Murphy looked good. The linebackers looked good as as usual. Defensive yep. line looks great. Yeah. And Carolina, Carolina started five rookies on defense, so that tells you all you need to know. All right, Pittsburgh minus seven and a half hosting Denver. Uh, I've got the Steelers, but I, I would, yep. I would, I, if Sutton comes back, I, I would take the points. Uh, I would take Denver in the points, but I, I would Steelers to win though. Yep, I no, no, no gambling opinion on the game, but I think Pittsburgh wins the game. Probably tease that if you're going to play in that game, tease it down to one and a half. Play the Steelers at home. Your game, Atlanta and Dallas. Dallas minus four in Dallas against the Falcons. I had the Falcons to upset them. Yep, I could see that. I could see it. I'm going to take in a close, tight game. I'm going to take a, a late field goal by the Cowboys. Win, wins it late. But, again, that, that game is a toss-up either way. No gambling opinion on that one. The 49ers <laughs> minus seven at the Jets. The Jets are a disaster. Disarray, Gaze, Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. Should he have been playing? Should he have not been playing? 
big disappointment last week by the Niners at home, losing to uh, Arizona. And it wasn't a huge that they lost, but the way they lost, they just have they don't have anything on the outside as far as receivers go. Minus seven's a big number. I would take the Niners, but it wouldn't shock me if the Jets are in the game. See, I, I'm I'm completely opposite. I'd take the Niners, and and I'll even I'll even go move the line up if you want me to. I, I think I am you you know how I feel about Adam Gase. I think he's a, I think he's the worst coach in the NFL by far. And the Niners are going to be ticked. I think that uh I, I think that that defense is going to be, you know, that, trying to corral Ty, uh, Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, not the same as worrying about Brashard Perriman and Sam Donald and Frank Please Gore. don't don't be messing up with Josh Adams and Frank Gore and Kalen Balage at running back. Please. Please. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the Niners all day, <laughs> and I don't think it'll be close. Buffalo minus five and a half going to Miami. This has got trap written all over it to me. It does. I, I When I was picking this game, I picked the Bills, and then I almost changed it to the Dolphins. I stayed with my first instinct, but I agree with you. I, that's a very tricky game. The Dolphins are, are that kind of team that can always sneak up on you. The Bills had the big win. They got to go down to South Florida. It's probably the heat, the heat. Yep. The one thing I I didn't like about the Buffalo, I watched a good bit of that game. Josh Allen runs around a lot. He is and he, and he doesn't know how to not get hit. He likes to try to make that extra half a yard or yard by hitting somebody. He's going to get hit one of these days and it's going to be lights out with a, with a rib issue or a shoulder issue that I don't like with Josh Allen. Um, Still not very accurate throwing the ball better than he's been, but it's still not, good enough i like the dolphins in the five and a half i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take the dolphins in the five and a half and i'm gonna take the dolphins in an upset here i I like the dolphins at home fitzpatrick um i I would definitely take the dolphins with the points but i i i have the bills to win outright outright but i but again i think i don't think that that would it would not shock me at all to see miami win that game indianapolis minus three hosting the vikings quickly uh i've got the colts on that one actually I think okay. the Colts I do too. I think I think Rivers throwing the ball is going to be a, a little bit of the difference there. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor running the ball again. Dow to me that I think this will be a high scoring game. I think both teams will move the ball and score. But I like the, I'm with you. I think the Colts win the game at home. Um, it, uh, Detroit getting six points heading to Lambeau. Well, I I, I never pick against my line, so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean go ahead, pick. I got you. Go ahead and mark me down for an L, but obviously I always pick my Lions, although they have pretty much a shot in this game. It's, I can't believe the Lions. Uh, they, they, they tend to play pretty good in Green Bay lately. They've played pretty good in Green Bay the last few years. We'll see. <laughs> I got the <laughs> Lions, take, but I have zero confidence. I'll, t- I'll take Green Bay at home. Chicago minus five and a half hosting the Giants. Bears. I do too. I think the Bears here. I think the defense for Chicago will be a, will be an impact here. On Daniel Jones, I think I think you'll see the Bears move the ball more on offense. Did how did Montgomery look? Did he look okay in that game? He did. He did last I mean, week. He didn't show he didn't show a lot of effects from the from the groin injury. You know they didn't run it a lot because they okay. were trailing so much. But I think right. I think I think he looked he looked better than he did last year. That's for sure. So hopefully, okay. and, and I'm going to take the Giants minus the five. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the Bears minus the five and a half at home as well. Jacksonville heading to Tennessee. Tennessee minus eight and a half. You know, I think Tennessee wins the. I think Tennessee wins the game, but they tend to not blow people out for whatever reason. So I could see Jacksonville covering the eight and a half, but I definitely think Tennessee will win the game. 
Last thing I saw was it was up to nine, but uh, I, I would take if I if I had to, I'd take Jacksonville with the points. But I think the magic's over. Tennessee wins the game. Yeah, we, we won't fret about the half point, Mike, on on, on a Wednesday on a I, Wednesday I, podcast I on the spread on a half point. <laughs> I agree. I would take I would I would take him even if it was eight. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> Arizona minus six and a half hosts Washington. I like Arizona here. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But again, the def- the defense for Washington is good. It's going to keep. Well, you know, they will frustrate Kyler Murray probably to some degree. He- with him, with that, with that defensive line. So, but I like Arizona to win the game. I like the, I think the defense for Arizona will be the difference here. Uh, we'll get after Haskins and on the road. I could see Haskins throwing a couple picks, uh, but I'll take Arizona at home. I just, I'll take Arizona at home to win yeah, the game. I agree. I agree. Baltimore minus six and a half going to Houston. Now that's a tricky number there. I, I, I know the. You look at that game, you think Ravens, but you know Deshaun Watson on the other side at home. Minus the six and a half. I I think I would almost be I would almost take the eight the six and a half because remember Houston has extra days to prepare. Um, I might take, take the six and a half there. Would you Would you take it at seven? <laughs> if it was at seven, I would buy it up to seven and a half. See, <laughs> on a buy I, up. I I am I, I have thought this all off season. You made a comment on our uh, on our text chain that this team has. Uh, Texans on Thursday night that this team has, what was it? Six, six, six and, and ten written, ten all, written over it. all over it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think this team is very good. <laughs> I think that losing Hopkins as much as, as well as David Johnson played, losing Hopkins is, is just, it's, it's just too big of a loss. Devastating. He, does not, he does not have that go-to guy when they, when he needs to, like he's had that safety blanket. Yep. And so I, and I, I think, I know the Ravens look great against Cleveland, but I, I think the Ravens win this game, and I think they win pretty easily, actually. Chiefs minus eight and a half going to L.A. for the, in the play the Chargers in the new stadium. Chargers were very lackluster winning last week in Cincinnati. Ooh. I think too much offense for Kansas City. I don't think that the uh, the Chargers can have, be able to score enough. I think just too much offense. Give me Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know about the eight and a half, but give me Mahomes. I think this, this game will be right around – Eight, eight to ten points. I could see this game being a, you know, thirty-one twenty kind of game, thirty-four twenty-one kind of game, but where you know, prevent touchdown at the end could cover the number for the Chargers. But I'll take the Chiefs on the road. Forty-seven and a half. I, I, I would take the over on this one. I probably wow. would take the over because you would figure Chargers would score a little more this week, um, and then you know the Chiefs are going. The Chiefs are going to get their twenty-seven to thirty well, most every week. And, and everybody's got to remember the Chargers are not. We're not playing in that little tiny soccer stadium anymore. They're back in. The, That's right. They're in the big, the big dome. We're in SoFi. We're in SoFi. So, uh, so you're indoors. Um, I, I agree. Nan- I, Nance I like and Romo. Dicks. Nance and Romo get to christen the new, the new digs for the Chargers. That'll be a Nance and Romo yeah. production. Yeah, I like the I like the Chiefs for sure. All right, Sunday night in Seattle. Seattle minus four against the Patriots. I like I like Seattle here. Cover the number and win the game easily. I agree. I, no I, more I, be, no more Patriot rules in effect with Tommy Boyd coming no. south. No, the Patriot rules may may have moved south. So uh, they have yes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tough with Arians, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I like Seattle and to cover for sure. All right, last game Monday night, new stadium, Las Vegas, no fans, but the but the Ch- Raiders. Host the Mike Thomas list New Orleans Saints. Kamara looked good. 
your boy after dark even scored Emmanuel. Uh, <laughs> I think the spread was about six and a half. I don't know what the spread is now with Thomas Five probably out, probably down that's that. So one point difference with, with Thomas out. New Orleans minus five and a half with no Thomas. I like the Raiders in the five and a half here. I Thomas agree. was playing out of play new out of play New Orleans. I mean, I think New Orleans. I think the Raiders could win this game with no Mike Thomas. I have the Raiders winning this game. I think not only do they cover, they win this game. I think that uh, the team is offensively the team's really good. The Saints do have a decent, a pretty good defense, but uh, Josh Jacobs played great last week. He, he was played great, but but Mike Thomas, no uh, no Mike Thomas is. Is again just like uh, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees doesn't have that safety net there, that uh, that valve that he can go to at uh, safety valve he can go to at any time. So uh, give me the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. I'll take them. There you have it, folks. We picked every game for you. My Twitter handle has changed. We used to be kick the football. Now it's J Post Sports. New Twitter handle. Uh oh, Mike, you got you you got a Twitter handle, Mike. Yeah, I've got it's M Banks ten M as in Michael B A N K S one zero. Yeah, so reach out to us. J I did Post not know Sports. the. Uh, I did not know the. Um, ch- uh, Twitter handle. Oh, I, oh, you just changed the handle. Just so. changed it in the last week or so. Yep. So it, I didn't. I didn't know that, but it, it was automatically following you anyways. Okay. Yes, it automatically. I think it automatically updates it or whatever whenever you make that change. I guess I'm not a. Tw- I'm not a Twitter expert, but I think that's how it works. But yeah, new Twitter handle. Uh, but. Check us out, J Post Sports, M Banks 10. Remember, I got a radio show on Sunday mornings in Tampa, 11 to 12. We talk all the good stuff about going on uh, sports for the week. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. Great job tonight. Uh, your SEC got one more week of, of uh, withdrawals before your SEC uh, <laughs> season gets going up there in Birmingham and in, in, in the southeast. I know, I know that community and that whole area is just jonesing to get some football going on. So what's the – What's the crowd? What's the crowd uh, capacity going to be in Bryant Denny? It's going to be less than twenty thousand. We actually got really. Uh, wow. Yeah, we we got. Uh, we usually have four tickets to all the home games. We had to choose between Georgia and A and M or Auburn, Kentucky, uh, Mississippi State. We chose Georgia and A and M, and we got them. But we only get yeah, two tickets say. rather than four. So wow. Uh, but we got Georgia and A&M. Same uh, seats? You get the same no, seats? we actually got better seats, actually. It's kind of weird. But uh, still having um, still having trouble selling them, though. I, I was I was expecting people to say, the heck with this, I'm going. But they're not buying them like I thought they would so far. I'm hoping that maybe next week, once once the uh, the hype gets up, you know, hey, there's only a week left of football, maybe, maybe it gets ramped up some. But, uh, yep. but yeah, Georgia well, and A&M, which two good games, so. All you Bammer fans out there, go call, go go look, uh, follow Michael Banks on Twitter, and you can buy Stub some Hub. tickets. All you StubHub, Stub whatever. But I mean, <laughs> reach them on Twitter. You can get them tickets for them. Georgia, your boy Kirby coming to town. That's right, I got him. Kirby, Kirby coming home. Get Ten you days. two tickets. Ten so days. Banks can be up at. So Banks can be up at Buffalo Wild Wings on 150, <laughs> <laughs> drinking like a rock star with the Steeler fans. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be happy to know at my place, Duckies here in Tampa, uh, the Bengal. Remember, I, I think I told you last year the Bengal. That's kind of the Bengal home, the, the, where the Cincinnati Bengals have their fan club and the, the home of the Bengals. They've now been been moved from from inside to outside. Now they're they're now out, outside screen <laughs> at, <laughs> at Duckies. <laughs> 
there and there was probably 15 or 20 of them there last Sunday for the for the Burrow debut. So, you Bengal fans in Tampa, come on out to Duckies. That's the home of the, home of the Bengals here in Tampa is Duckies Sports Bar. But uh, I was not happy with Duckies last week. They they had a new table system in place, and I had to sit at the bar and couldn't get a table. I wasn't ha- wasn't real, real wasn't real happy with with the with the management at Duckies. Hey, so real, real quick uh, before we go, I just want to shout out or not shout out, but just uh, mention what a Hall of Fame class we're going to have next year for pro football with Manning, Woodson, and Calvin Johnson all probably going. God, in. Calvin Johnson's been out five years now. Wow, is that not crazy, man? Wow. But what that's a heck of a class right there. That will be for sure, and plus they're going to honor the class that didn't get put in this year. That's so it's right. going to be a double class. So basically, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, all the guys that's supposed to go in this year didn't get didn't get put in. They're going to get put in next year. So yeah. it will be a mega. It will be a mania in Canton <laughs> for uh, for TJ for uh, Chris Berman to do the emceeing of the uh, sweating like a pig. He'll be sweating like a pig in Canton for the uh, outdoor ceremonies next next July in Canton, Ohio. Roddy so, White uh, and Jared Allen are also available uh, eligible. Just UAB's finest. Yes, UAB's finest. UAB with a with a disappointing effort in Miami. I didn't like that they didn't play real great. Uh, not very talented at quarterback. It didn't seem to me. So, uh, but Coach Clark keep getting it done. I don't know. Don't even know who they play this week. To be honest, they might. I don't even think they're playing. I didn't see them on the on the ledger. So, but all right, Mike. Appreciate the time. Check us out. Powers on Sports Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Google Podcast, tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast, reach out to us on Twitter at JPOSports or at MBanks10 is the handles. We'd love to hear your comments, suggestions, whatever. Reach out to us. Have a great week. Don't bet too much on the games, only what you can afford to lose. Don't ever bet too don't don't bet the mortgage payment this early in the season. But uh have a great week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast.